Hey folks, greetings from the Offensive Security Group here at Secure IT 360, coming at you with a new episode of the Cyber Threat Perspective. Today we have none other than Tyler. Tyler Roberts, how you doing, man? Doing great, doing great. Good. So uh, today in this episode, we are going to be talking about how to prepare for an external penetration test. So in this episode, we're going to talk about what an external pen test is, what it is not, and we're going to talk about all the things that you should do, or most of the things you should do before you have an external pen test. Uh, external pen tests are, are, are an introductory kind of pen test in terms of, you know, on the grand scheme of things, what you test, you know, when it comes to vulnerability assessments, to full-blown red team engagements, and everything in between. External pen tests are one of the first, you know, that we recommend. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, so yeah, Tyler, I mean, let's get right into it. What is a pen test? What is it not? Uh, let's, let's talk about that first. Yeah. The background of an external, I feel like it's important to lay the ground for it because a lot of different companies do externals a lot of different ways. Um, typically when you see an organization perform an external pen test, they're looking at two things. They're looking at external facing IPs and they're looking at on-prem resources. Um, what Secure IT 360 did is we took a base external using externally facing IPs and on-prem resources, and we added a few things into it. We added cloud resources, which can be software as a service that is being utilized by an organization. Um, this can be uh, third-party hosted websites um, or utility that you guys have. Um, and we kind of packaged it all up into an external um, so with the cloud resources, a, lo a lot of the times we are testing things like web apps. Uh, we're testing that SaaS as well. But an external is not primarily meant to test web apps or cloud resources. Uh, just as a blanket statement, those are just add-ins that we added for extra value to clients. So maybe they have an identity provider. We'll do light testing. You know, maybe there's common vulnerabilities we see like user enumeration flaws and those identity providers. We'll test that on an external. However, that is not an in-depth web app pen test. You're kind of getting like your feet wet with a web app. We're doing your basic injection tests to make sure that the apps will incorrectly. If we see an API, we'll do basic tests on that API as well. But, you know, we're not doing full-blown web apps during our externals, but they are encompassed. Yeah, and when a client comes to you and says, you know, Tyler, when a client comes to you and says, well, I have all these cloud stuff, you know, what are you going to test um, when it comes to cloud and stuff like that? You mentioned user enumeration is one, and that's pretty big when it comes to Microsoft services. Um, so maybe talk about how that user enumeration plays into that and, and why that's important uh, to do that. Right. So um, Microsoft 365 in general has user enumeration flaws. Microsoft calls them features. Um we like to test for those because they're pivotal in uh, further tests that we do, such as credential stuffing or password spraying brute forcing. We want to enumerate users so that we're using a more concise list of accounts so that our sprays take less time so that we can get more sprays in. Um, basically, to go into more detail on that is generally our organizations have lockout policies of five failed attempts within an hour time period or three failed attempts. Um, usually it's around that. Um, it's not common to see organizations with lockout policies that are five attempts, five failed attempts within a 24 hour period. But we also do see that. 
Um, so if we have a large user list for a large organization, as such as you know 1,600 to 2,000 users, that spray is going to take more than an hour. So we want to enumerate users using um, 0365 enumeration, um, using uh, OneDrive vanity URLs to enumerate users. Um, I'll have a write-up on that soon for everybody to read and go in depth about. But using that or going to an identity provider that might provide um, you know, different messages for valid or invalid accounts or just using Microsoft's built-in features to enumerate those accounts. There's many different ways um, and avenues that you can take to enumerate those accounts. But you know, the sole purpose is to cut down time um, that you're using on other attacks so that you can get more attempts or attacks in. Exactly. And same with web, same goes with web apps. You know, you mentioned earlier, we're going to do some light testing of um, some, some core uh, functionality features or, or test for known vulnerabilities and things like that in those web apps, but it's not a full-blown web app assessment. An external pen test um, has its own set of goals and objectives, right? So I think, you know, before you have an external pen test, that's maybe the, the most important thing. I think planning is, uh, the most important thing, right? You have to have a map before you enter the woods kind of thing. So I think the same applies for security assessments. You should have a plan and you should understand the goals and objectives of those. So maybe talk to us, Tyler, about an external t- pen test, like before we have an external pen test as an organization or a firm, you know, how should we be looking at those assessments and specifically, you know, goals, objectives of this type of assessment? Right. So I think the number one question um, that we ask, the most important one is, you know, what are your goals or objectives for your pen test? What are you looking to get out of it? Uh, what sensitive information do you have externally facing? Or maybe do you have deprecated servers that are running older versions or you know, insecure protocols. Um, we like to gather all that information and put that into a document that we can look at so that we know to spend extra time or put extra attention to the sad, you know, more insecure stuff that is public facing. Um, in addition to that, um, you know, just having good asset management to relay to your pen testers so that they can get a complete scope that you guys have. Because a pen test is a point in time assessment. So we like to spend less time um, finding, you know, what are your external IPs and more time, you know, trying to break in through those external IPs and maybe ports and protocols that they have open. Um, so that's a big thing for us is just the pre-scoping uh, for an engagement and really just the communication from the organization of what they have out there and uh, what needs to be tested. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, for us, whether it's a web app an internal and external mobile, et cetera. Our goal is to find as many vulnerabilities as we can in that time limited engagement, right? Um, we're going to help identify those things, help provide recommendations and solutions to fix those things, work with firms to, uh, to triage those vulnerabilities, to, to fix them, retest them, et cetera. But again, it, it is time limited and understanding, you know, what are you hoping to achieve out of this object of this exercise or this engagement is really important so that if you do want us to focus a little bit more on on finding those uh, cloud-based attack vectors or SaaS-based attack vectors, right? Maybe that's a big concern for you is that you know, users are in your environment or users in your organization are, are notorious for setting up shadow IT, right? They're signing up for all sorts of cloud third-party services like Zoom and Dropbox and all this stuff without kind of the IT administration kind of baked in. 
So maybe that's your area of focus and you really want us to enumerate as much, as many cloud apps as we can or SaaS products to see kind of what the risk might be there. So we would spend more time on that, right? As, as Tyler was saying, or maybe it's, you know, you're, you're concerned about the data that's out there. Maybe you have some, uh, uh, you have some executives or some VIPs in your firm that are very public facing or they're notable figures. Um, and you want uh, a little bit more of a deep dive into the dark web and sensitive information that might be out there. Right. Uh, we do dark web searching. We, we look for credentials and sensitive information. On the dark web is part of our reconnaissance process in our external pen test. Um, but that's something we can, you know, fine tune and, and um, you know, spend more time on. So that's where it comes. That's where understanding the goals objectives really come into play, um, you know, and finding things that you just you just missed, right? That's something that, we, that happens all the time. We either find things that were missed or forgotten, or we find things that the client uh, had documented that were theirs but were not actually theirs, right? Um, so those things are very important, um, you know, for for asset management. It's like, look, you get you gave us this list of IPs, but you kind of give us the wrong ones. This, this scope doesn't look like it's yours. Is this yours? That kind of thing. So we have those discussions. Right. So to, to recap, the number one thing before you have an external is just understanding those goals and objectives that you have. Um, number two, which we kind of segued into a little bit, is uh, asset inventory and documentation. So, you know, doing a full inventory before you have that pen test. So these are my IPs. Here are the servers I have externally facing, um, you know. Here's what software they're running, things of that nature, just knowing what you have to be able to relay that so that we as pen testers can spend less time um, having to find all of your IPs and more time giving you the benefit of attacking um, would be number two. Yeah. And I think on that note to Tyler, I think it's important to know what you have, who owns it, who secures it, who maintains it, Right case in point or, or an example, right, is is a WordPress website. Maybe your public website is hosted by XYZ company. It's maintained by another company. And then a third company does like content creation or management of the content for you or something like that. Um, it's important to know who's responsible for updating the WordPress, WordPress plugins, who's responsible for um, maintaining DNS records for that public website, right? Um, because when we have findings where there's you know, a, a number of subdomains that are available that are resolving to IP addresses that you own, you want to know who you need to go to to kind of get that fixed or to look into that issue. So right. knowing who, uh, you know, who owns it, you know, in terms of who owns the risk, right? And who maintains it, secures it, updates it, that kind of thing is important too. So that when you do get that report and there's, you know, X number of issues, you can kind of, you automatically know who to go to. You're not kind of wondering which team does what or what vendor is going to help you kind of fix that issue. Right. Knowing externally who owns stuff as well as internally, you know, if you have different teams that own different apps or, you know, different servers, that's all important because it's less back back work at the end of the engagement, trying to find and track down who owns what, and then trying to get fixes implemented accordingly. When beforehand, if you have all that information at the end, it's just, okay, I need to send an email to this, this, and this. And then those issues get fixed uh, a lot quicker than, you know, if you hadn't have done the inventory to know who maintains and secures those applications or servers. Yeah. And we talked about vulnerability assessments a little bit. We touched on it, but that's something I think that's also important too, is before you have a pen test, 
do some external scans yourself, right? Um, do some external reconnaissance or, or uh, Nmap scans or maybe vulnerability assessments on your external footprint first um, so that you can kind of get a sense of where you're at, right? And you're not kind of going into the, the pen test blind. But how? what else would you recommend on that front in terms of external uh, you know, assessments before doing an external pen test? Yeah, uh, just to piggyback off what you said in terms of uh, doing that vulnerability assessments on the external, you know, if you're, if you're more apt to do that and you have more stuff cleaned up, that's more time that the pen tester can focus on other vulnerabilities that are discovered. So, you know, a lot of the times we see TLS and SSL issues just sitting out there that takes time to analyze, corroborate, and make sure it's a true positive. You know, if, if those are fixed prior to the engagement, um, before you even think about getting the engagement, just running those vulnerability scans and fixing those issues provides a lot more time for the pen tester to, you know, look at other stuff, explore other avenues that are discovered and things of that nature. Yep. Yeah. Especially if your footprint is rather large, right? If you have numerous websites, you have multiple login portals, you have multiple, you know, edge devices or VPN uh, endpoints or, you know, Citrix, uh, you know, remote access or whatever, whatever it might be. You know, those are things that our attackers are really going to go after is like VPN login portals. Um, that kind of stuff, edge devices. Um, and the more time we can spend kind of verifying that those things look pretty good and, and are solid, uh, the better value you're going to get than us just running down TLS issues, like you said. True. Another thing to do before your engagement is I feel like establishing a good chain of command uh, for us to utilize throughout the engagement because a big thing for us is communication. Uh, we like to keep those channels open 24-7 via phone and email uh, we're big on communication. So if anything critical does come up, just having good uh, people in line for those issues to go to or for us to call and relay issues to throughout the engagement is is pivotal. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's something that, um, you know, you don't realize it's important. It's that important until the communication breaks down, right? <laughs> Where, you know, there, there's a miscommunication or there's a delay in communication or delay in receiving or sending important information. And then that's when you realize like, oh yeah, it's kind of important to have a good chain of command, like in terms of communication back and forth. Right. So what about, um, you know, what, what should clients do in terms of, we, and we touched on this a little bit, but sensitive data, right? Um, there's, I don't know how many num millions and kajillion of credit, uh, passwords, right? Breach data, uh, on the internet, right? passwords, credit card numbers, social security numbers, PII, et cetera, et cetera. We hear about a breach every day in the news. Um, we do a little bit, we do some dark web searches as part of our external pen test. Um, what would you say for, for, to people listening or clients, you know, how, what, how should they approach dark web searching? Should they do it, you know, before an external pen test to what extent, like what, what extent do you think they should be doing in terms of, looking for some of the bad stuff on the internet, credentials or PII, that stuff? I think at the bare minimum, um, clients or organizations should be looking for breach credentials that they have on the dark web. Um, a common misunderstanding is that that's just, you know, that that's breach credentials from your environment. Um, nine times out of 10, those breach credentials come from something that somebody signed up with their company email on, right? And, you know, humans are just apt to reuse passwords because it's easier to remember and not everybody's going to use unique passwords on every single application. So 
you know, a lot of the times we do see those passwords being reused for applications and those avenues are being opened up from, you know, you signed up for parking.com, parking.com had a data breach. Now I have your password that you use for company resources as well. Um, so doing those searches for your users and looking at what data is out on the dark web and then relaying that information internally saying, hey, notice you had this out there, um, you know, make sure to change your password. Um, doing that, I feel like would be the bare minimum. Yeah. And, you know, it also gives an attacker a little bit of intelligence on on how users are creating passwords in your environment or potentially in your environment, right? Um, you know, if they're using, you know, if you notice they're using the street address with the date that the firm was founded with a special character, that's really, really, really powerful information because dollars to donuts, they're using that password somewhere else, especially something like that, because it's it's something related to the organization or to the firm. Uh, and it's specific enough where they're going to use it for something work related, right? Probably not going to use it for the personal Gmail, but... <laughs> You know, for a company SharePoint or ShareFile or company Dropbox, you know, company XYZ SaaS product, maybe there's a good chance. So that gives us a lot of intelligence as an attacker and information to go on. And maybe we just, you know, need to increment a special character or a number or something like that. But that it does give us a lot of information. Right. And guys, you know, you don't have to have a super expensive recorded future license to go look for things like credentials on the dark web. There are cheaper or free tools. Um, one that we use in house is dehashed. Um, you can use, you can pay for API calls or you can just pay for a subscription and use it accordingly. And that will look up, you know, users and breach passwords in your environment, just using your domain name. Um, you can also look up individual user accounts and dehashed if you're worried about your account um, and not your buddy's account, you know? So, there are tools out there that are available for that that are, won't cost you an arm and leg as an organization to use. Yeah, that's awesome. Great. What else? Is there anything else from an external perspective? Like what else? Is there anything else that, that firms should be doing before they have an external pen test? I feel like we've hit the big points, you know, understanding those goals and objectives, using um, your resources to perform asset inventory, documentation, um, running vulnerability scanning, external in-house vulnerability scanning to see what you can find on an external footprint. Um, and then, you know, searching searching dark web for resources prior to your pen test to see what your pen testers are going to see. Um, all that is pretty important, I guess. I mean, that's, that's all I can think about in terms of pre-engagements. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot more that goes into it. There's obviously a lot more nuance, but... You know, the goal of this episode is to hopefully talk about some of those things, bring some of those to light, kind of have a dialogue around some of the things that we think you should do before you have an external pen test. And these are also not one and done things, right? Like goals change, objectives change. Even if you had an external pen test last year, right, Tyler? Like you might want the the goals to change a little bit. You know, assets change. Um, there's new data breaches like every day, and that is new information. Um, you know, IT is, is standing up new infrastructure and, you know, people in the firm are registering for new SaaS applications and, and products. So this is a constantly changing thing, right? So, you know, this is a, something to do repeatedly in, in kind of a process in a cycle, not just a one-off, you know, before we do it, you know, a pen test, we're going to do this kind of thing. 
Yeah. And I think, you know, as a final note, just understanding what type of pen test you want, uh, what type of external, because, you know, if you want a black box assessment where your pen tester knows nothing and see the value you get out of that, or if you want a white box assessment where you get the pen tester everything and just see, you know, with all this information, what can they break, you know, just kind of communicating that to your team, to your pen testing team and kind of establishing, you know, what's important to you, I feel like would be the most pivotal thing. Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, that goes back to the objectives and goals is, you know, making sure you understand the, you as the consumer of the pen test, understand the expectations of, of what the, the pen tester is going to do uh, and how they're going to, going to do it is, is really important so that you feel satisfied and you get value from, from that engagement. Right. All right. Well, that's it. That's all the time we have for today. Uh, thank you for listening and or watching. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, we'd love if you would share with your network, share it on LinkedIn, uh, you know, share it on Twitter, share with your, your friends uh, and colleagues uh, if you think you got if you got value from it and you think others would, we would uh, we greatly appreciate it. Uh, you can check us out at offsec.blog or at secureit360.com, and we will see you next Wednesday. Thanks for listening, guys. 